Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. We created this podcast to share the conversations that we're having with current clients that are planning for a successful retirement. There are so many decisions that people are faced with when it comes to retirement. When do you claim your social security? How do you minimize your taxes in retirement? Do Roth conversions make sense? What about pensions? What about Medicare? So many different questions that people are faced with, and that's why we created this podcast about a year and a half ago to serve as a resource for people that might be in that same stage of their life or season of their life. With a lot of this stuff, there's no do-overs, so you got to do it right the first time. And based on what we've been hearing from our listeners, we take a lot of listener feedback. A lot of people send their questions and emails in to our website, which is retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I talk about that on every episode, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. You can send in your hate mail, your love mail, your questions. A lot of people just send in their questions. At the bottom, it says, ask Greg a question. So we decided to just use all the final episodes of 2021 as a way to just kind of rapid fire answer all the questions that we've been getting you know, the last couple of months or so. Some of them were submitted previously. So this is going to be a whole episode devoted just to answering just random retirement planning questions that people might have had, might have submitted. Some of them are even from current clients, just questions in meetings that were we were able to harvest and use them as questions for our podcast. We're lucky enough to have clients in almost 20 different states, and everybody's retirement plan is different. Everybody's goals are different. Everybody's situation's different. Some people are going into retirement with a paid-off house. Other people are going into retirement with a pension. Some people are selling a business. All kinds of different examples. So not all these questions are going to apply to your situation, but you might learn something based on a question that was submitted by another listener. We have a section on our website, which is called our resources section. So if you go to retirementmadeeasypodcast.com, click on the resources tab. This is where you can find all of the free resources we make available to listeners. We have a budgeting tool because when you're planning for retirement, it's kind of a math problem. How much money do you need or want to spend in retirement? That tool will help you. I've got my retirement secret sauce, which is available for free. We have our couple's guide to a dream retirement. We have our 2021 tax planning guide. These are all resources that are going to help you, the listener, as you plan ahead and plan for your own retirement. And that's going to be one of my goals for this next year for 2022. Call it my New Year's resolutions, if you will, is to call that the resources tab, our retirement toolbox, where someone can go in and download all the free resources we have available to our listeners as they're kind of piecing together their own retirement plan. So my whole goal is to give you 90% of the stuff that you're going to need that is in template form that I can hand off to somebody that allows them to start putting the pieces of the retirement puzzle together. And my motivation behind this is truly and sincerely to help people. Because I think so many people are so underprepared for retirement. So these resources are really, really going to be able to help those people. I want to thank again listeners who have submitted your questions. 
And for those listeners who want to submit a question, go to our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. So this episode and the next episode are the last episodes of 2021, and we are devoting both of them to nothing but listener questions. So let's get started. First question is kind of situational, so bear with me here. This question was submitted from Susan. Susan said, hello, Greg. Enjoy the podcast. I turned 72 this year and will be retiring in December. I have taken my RMD from my IRA. My advisor said I need to take an RMD from my 401k as well. The majority of my retirement savings, over $2 million, is in my 401k. It will be a big RMD. Is he right or wrong? Do I need to take the RMD from my 401k too? Thanks for your help, Susan. Susan, first off, thank you for your question. I'm not trying to argue with your financial advisor here because maybe I don't know all of the details. This is a podcast and all I know is based on what you submitted in your question. But based on what you're telling me, what I will say is, yes, typically with an RMD, once you turn 72, that's the first year that you have to take your RMD. That is once you retire. So now you said you turned 72 this year, you're retiring in December or retired in December by now. So if you would have been my client, I probably would have recommended, okay, retire in January instead of December. And that way your RMD would start, your first RMD would start in 2022 for your 401k. And that way you're pushing your RMD off to a year like 2022 when you're in a much lower tax bracket, right? A much lower tax situation because you don't have your earnings plus an RMD from an IRA that you had. So it's kind of a clean slate in 2022. So that's kind of the planning that goes into it. However, at this point, there is a rule, which you'll probably be happy to know, that the first year that you turn 72, the first year where your RMD is due, you can actually push that year's RMD off to the next year. But by doing so, you're going to have to take two RMDs in 2022. I would talk to your CPA, your tax advisor, to talk about what that would look like. And if by taking two RMDs from your 401k next year in 2022 is an advantage to you or not. The nice thing about planning ahead is, you know, a CPA or a tax advisor can run different scenarios for you and can literally show you on paper, hey, by doing it this way, you're going to save X amount of dollars in taxes. I hope that helps you, Susan. And hopefully that little known rule when taking the RMD in the first year, once you turn 72, will be to your advantage. Next question comes from an email I got from Tim. And I also had a very nice client that I really enjoy working with. His name's Mark. He's local here in St. Louis, Missouri. And their question was about the Series I savings bonds, which have been announced. The interest rate is 7.12%. Is that something we should consider for our emergency funds? And of course, I recommend all listeners, if you're interested in this topic, to, to do your own research. If you Google Series I savings bonds, you'll see what we're seeing on the Treasury Direct website. You have to purchase these savings bonds online, which some people don't like. You can't purchase them through a financial institution anymore since 2012, but they come with a fixed interest rate 
and an interest rate that is based on inflation. And with inflation through the roof this year, the interest rate that they're paying, we just announced in November 2021, was 7.12%. So for the next six months, and they pay interest semi-annually every six months, they credit the interest, someone owning one of these savings bonds is going to earn half of 7.12%. And then, of course, in April, they'll announce the next interest rate, which will be based on inflation at that point in time. I would be shocked if it wasn't lower than 7.12% in April of 22. The other thing to consider is we're not talking about a lot of money here. You're limited to $10,000 per person. So a couple, they can, you know, theoretically put away $10,000 into a savings bond for the husband's name, $10,000 for the wife's name, which for a lot of people, they're not even going to mess with that for two $10,000 worth of savings bonds. There's a lot more details on the website such as if you cash one of these out early, you give up three months worth of interest. That's the penalty. So as far as taxes and all that, you can check it out. There's a frequently asked questions link right there on the website. So you can read more about Series I savings bonds and whether that fits for a part of your emergency fund. The next question comes from Joanne. Joanne asked about 529s. She said, Greg, I really enjoy your podcast and you said I can submit questions. So here I go. My question is about 529s for my grandchildren. Me and my husband would like to start 529s for our grandkids, but we worry that if our grandchildren don't graduate or don't finish school and there's money left in the 529s, what would happen to that money? Do we lose it? We really want to help pay for our grandkids' college tuition, but we just worry that our money would be wasted if they didn't end up using it or went in the army or something like that. Can you please help? Thanks, Joanne. Joanne, thank you for your question. And some people out there will might say, well, why why is her her question doesn't have anything to do about retirement planning? It does too. Let me explain. So when we're talking to clients, and Joanne's not a client, but we want to know what their goals are right? Is it relocating and downsizing, maybe having a condo or a house in Florida or maybe in South Carolina? Maybe one of your goals is to help your grandkids out to help pay for their college tuition, which if you have checked the price of college tuition nowadays, it's like one year of tuition is like the cost of a really nice brand new car. So if education is something that Joanne and her husband value and they really want to help their grandkids and get them off on the right start so they're not buried in student loan debt for the next 20, 30 years of their life, this is one of the best gifts you can give. So when it comes to retirement planning, think about what your goals are. And my couple's guide to a dream retirement really helps with this, really helps nail down your goals. And so nobody ever says to me, in retirement, my goal is to beat the S&P 500. That's not what people want. People want to educate their kids, they want to pay their taxes, and they want to retire comfortably on their own terms. That's what they want. But aside from that, they do have special goals, special unique goals, like helping send their grandkids to college, or maybe it's a second house or condo in Florida. How do you pay for all that, and what's the best way of going about it? So to answer your question, Joanne, 529 plans are really, really a a heck of a way to help save for your grandkids' college education. 
many states give you a state income tax deduction for the money that you put into them. In other words, the state of Missouri, a couple can put up to $16,000 into 529 plans, and that $16,000 is tax deductible on their Missouri state income tax return, which is fabulous. But to answer your question, Joanne, what if money is left in one of your grandkids' 529 accounts and either they're done with school, they didn't finish school and have no plans of going back, or maybe they went in the the service, the army or something like that. Well, the first thing is you can change the beneficiary on the 529. So if you had four grandkids and this was for your oldest grandchild, you would change the beneficiary to maybe the second oldest grandchild, and then the money would be in that account for that grandchild. And then you just kind of keep changing the beneficiary down the line. But the rules and and what 529s can be used for, it's so liberal nowadays that rarely do I ever see money that's left over in one of these 529 accounts. The money in these 529s is used for qualified educational expenses, which Again, if you look at the guidelines, it's very, very liberal uses here. I mean, we're talking about tons of different educational expenses, whether it's buying a new computer, buying a new iPad that they want to have for school. Maybe it's a coding class or some kind of certification class. 529s can be used for all that. It's not just books and fees. It can be used for trade schools now. So if your grandson wants to be a union or journeyman electrician or plumber or pipe fitter, That's covered. The 529 can be used for that. Your granddaughter wants to get certifications, nursing certifications. It can be used for all that kind of stuff. But worst case, if the 529 keeps getting passed down throughout all the grandchildren, and now you're at your youngest grandchild, the gains in there from the 529, the gains would have a 10% penalty, plus you would pay taxes. So it's not the end of the world here. But again, Joanne, rarely do I see money not used in a 529. Okay, next question. This is our fourth question. Walter, Walter asked, Greg, you talked about a free second opinion service, two per month that you're doing starting in January. Where do I find that on your website? So on my website, Walter, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com, on the opening page, it'll say free retirement assessment. You'll click on that, and then that'll open up the page where you can schedule a 20-minute phone meeting, and we can talk about that. So, and again, I'm doing two free second opinions or free assessments, retirement assessments per month. I'm not trying to do a thousand a month or anything like that. I I just, I don't have the time, but I'm happy to help our listeners out kind of one-on-one for those of you that are interested. This is not something I'm pushing. This is just something I'm offering. So Walter, hope you can find that there on the website. Next question is kind of an open-ended question from Tammy. And a very long email that she sent. So Tammy, I'll probably be giving you a call. But uh, this was submitted the other day. Tammy said, Greg, I enjoy the podcast and I'm in a pickle. I just inherited a $400,000 IRA from my mom who passed away this fall and other accounts that total $700,000. How will this impact my retirement? Do I have to pay taxes on everything? Will I pay an inheritance tax? Will this throw me into the highest tax bracket? Help, Tammy. So first off, Tammy, the $400,000 IRA I'll talk about first. And there's a lot of unknowns in your question, which, you know, maybe we can talk about over the phone. But the inherited IRA, $400,000 IRA, 
the rules are, and they have changed with the SECURE Act, which was passed just a couple of years ago, starting for anybody who inherits mom or dad's IRA starting January 1st of 2020, you have 10 years to take the withdrawals out of the IRA. So that means you might say, I'm going to take in the first five years, I'm not going to take anything out of mom or dad's IRA. In this case, it's mom's IRA. But in the next, in year six through 10, I'm going to basically take everything out of it. Well, why would you do that? Well, maybe you're not going to retire for five years. Tammy did not mention if she's retired or not. Well, let's say she wasn't going to retire for five years, but once she retired, she would be in a lower tax environment. And then it makes more sense to start taking those distributions out of her inherited or beneficiary IRA at that point. So yes, Tammy, depending on how you take those distributions out of your beneficiary IRA, that's all going to be taxable at the federal level. Now, depending on what state you're in, you didn't mention, some states will tax IRA distributions and other states will not. The other thing I can tell you is with beneficiary IRAs, even if you're under 59 and a half, Tammy, you're not going to pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty on an inherited IRA. That does not apply. You could be 40 years old with an inherited IRA and you're not going to pay that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Based on the amounts that you've given me here, Tammy, so it's $700,000 total. So that tells me that $300,000 that you inherited is outside of mom's IRA. But based on that, if that figure, and that's a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but there will be no estate tax or inheritance tax for that money, unless the state in which you live in has some kind of estate tax. One of your questions was, how will this impact your retirement? Well, anything you add, I mean, whenever you inherit $700,000, I mean, obviously this is going to improve it, but you want to make sure that this is a blessing and not a curse. So I would recommend meeting with a fiduciary financial advisor and a tax advisor to make sure you can kind of make some smart decisions and that this doesn't just crush you tax-wise. Because depending on how you take these distributions from the IRA and how the other accounts are taxed, and I don't have enough information to help you with the other 300000 I mean, I don't know if it's an annuity or mutual funds or anything like that. But yes, depending on what plan you come up with, what game plan you come up with, well, gosh, this could push up your retirement a number of years if you're not yet retired. It may mean that you'll be able to pay off a lot of debt and be able to retire earlier. I mean, there's so many different unknowns here, Tammy. So I hope that helps. But if you're in a bit of a pickle, as you said, I would get some people on your side, certainly a tax advisor. All right, we got one more question for the podcast this week. This is from Johnny. Johnny said, hello, Greg. I've heard you talk about 2026 and other people talk about the year 2026 being the year of the big tax increase. What is going to happen in 2026? Can you please explain in layman's terms so I can understand too? Thanks, Johnny. Johnny, thank you for your question. This is a fantastic question. So essentially, if nothing has changed, if Congress does not agree on a new tax bill, and if no changes are made to our tax laws, the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which some people call the Trump tax bill, that is set to sunset or expire at the end of 2025. So starting in 2026, it'll go back to the old way, the old tax laws, 
pre-2017. And for the majority of Americans, they will pay higher taxes under the old tax code. And that's why they called it the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, right? Tax cuts. Well, taxes are being cut. So if we know it's going to go back to the old ways come 2026, that will allow us to make some strategic decisions, whether it's Roth conversions or something else, until that time, until 2026 comes. And the whole idea is, how can we save money on taxes long term by making strategic decisions now? Like I said, Johnny, this is assuming that Congress does not roll out some new tax bill and that becomes law and and then we have to go back to the drawing board, right? So we have to work on and plan on reasonable assumptions. And the way it stands now is the current tax law, 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, will sunset at the end of 2025. So Johnny, I hope that helps. If you do have questions, how it will impact you specifically, of course, talk to your tax advisor or your independent fiduciary financial advisor. Because on this podcast, we don't recommend working with a financial advisor if they're not a fiduciary and if they're not independent. That is it for this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I hope you've all maybe learned something and enjoyed these listener questions. They're submitted from people just like you. You can submit your question. Go to our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'll see you next week for a new episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The Smart Investor Program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Investor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. SIPC.